1: relationship of mjf and sammy guevara is no more the best friends who hug a tragedy on dynamite i'm ollie davis i'm joined by tempest filling in for luco in this week d.a.d uh, this is the aew dynamite review podcast if you haven't already please press the subscribe button give us a thumbs up leave a comment down below with what you thought of the show and send in those omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support and you might be asking yourself what is this handsome tome propped up on your desk right here ollie and tempest well it's only our book that we've released it's wwe versus aew so we're trying to get both sides to buy the book (laughs) want to make this more toxic uh it's, to, it's available to buy from Amazon using the link in the video description below. I'm sure the mods will be popping that link in the comments as well. But also, we have a competition running right now that closes midnight tomorrow. That's midnight on Friday, the 5th of May. GMT Americans to win two signed copies of this book. Signed by me. And I think you and Luke and Laurie and Adam and Pete. That's what like a everybody. Prize.
2: You wrote the foreword. I did write the foreword. I'm quite proud of them.
1: It's the first time I've ever been published. Yeah. But, well, I think I got a, an essay published at uni, but mm. still, that was 13 years ago. <laughs>
2: oh, was it? Yeah. Big gap. So it's please go and jail check it out. For me. Yeah, well, yeah, you're a baby. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so just send in an email to support at com with the subject heading I want a book and we'll. Do a sort of prize raffle draw out for the signed copies. Right, so this episode
2: of AEW Dynamite
1: sounds like I'm not going to be the negative one on this week's episode.
2: I certainly don't want to be. There were some things I really enjoyed
1: on this show. I don't want to be the negative AEW guy. I want to love it every week. But when you're sitting next to Luke, who is just like this pleasure buffoon who thinks everything's great because he's getting a bit of Khan coin on the side... It puts me in an
2: uncomfortable position where I need to tell the truth. Listen, I sit next to Sat, Mr. <laughs> Positivity, on Saturdays, and I totally get it. But I, I think I'm pretty, maybe uh, slightly leaning towards positive on this uh, episode. The things on the show that I liked, I really liked. And mm. the things that I didn't like, I was kind of just ambivalent towards. So I would say probably leaning positive. But thankfully, this main event bit that we're going to talk about first was probably my favorite thing on the show. You're like one of those COVID tests that has a shadow. You're like, I think that's leaning towards positive. That's still positive. <laughs> you can't go into work with one of those. Oh, Lord. You know, on, I was on uh, Twitter mm. uh, before I got to the end of this show, and I think somebody had Photoshopped Sammy and MJF and their backstage thing just smooching. And I was like, well, I'm really excited for this show now, thinking it was real, waiting to get to that bit. And then I was thoroughly disappointed when uh, they merely hugged. I know. Best friend's kiss.
1: What a great relationship they've had. Uh, So this main event, which was the four pillars tag match, you had Sammy and MJF on one side, and then you had Jungle Boy and Darby Allin on the other It was a storyline that has played through the whole show. You had a little bit with Jungle Boy and Darby backstage, a little bit with MJF and Sammy backstage, a little bit with MJF trying to sow some seeds of dissension between Darby and Jungle Boy that I thought was really well done. But the best thing in this, because overall, I think the storyline got a bit contrived over the Mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. I didn't mind it overall because MJF and Sammy are so goddamn good together and seeing them wrestle as an actual act, I was like... Why wasn't this in the inner circle?
2: Right. Yeah. Because
1: Sammy was, read that whole storyline, Sammy was like, I don't believe MJF, I'm going to leave.
2: Yeah, Sammy was the the prospering babyface to be yeah, in yeah, that yeah. story, oh. so they never, ha- yeah. they never had a <laughs> chance to actually just be the two that were on the same page heel-wise, and we don't get to see MJF wrestle on TV nearly enough, yeah, yeah. and that does help his aura and everything, but then you get to see him in a match like this, a tag match, which he does even less often, <laughs> and you really get reminded how good he is is it this? A perfect heel tag wrestler with yeah. a perfect douchebag heel counterpart to play off of. This was my favorite thing on the show. And I think it really did help to be set up by, in particular, the Darby Allen mm-hmm. Jungle Boy, MJF backstage segment, because all of these different dynamics between all four of these different people – it could be very easy for just, we're the two baby faces that want into this match, we're the two heels that want to keep them out, but there were so many extra layers between each of the four and their relationships with each of the other three that made it thoroughly interesting the whole way through. I thought it was a great main event. I propose to you
1: that there is a common strand of when those dynamics really sing, mm-hmm. and it's MJF being yeah. in the segment. <laughs> because actually, when it's derby and Jungle Boy, this week, last week, week before, I'm like, ah, it feels a bit, bit green. Yeah. If I, if this was a, a physical match, I'd be going. This work rate isn't that, that good. Sure. Uh, but it's just a backstage promo segment.
2: To me, it was really for them two in particular, the Darby and Jungle Boy interactions. The only one that I actually like, the only one that popped me was the finish. Because yeah, I really like the, the finish. I think the finish played into their relationship and Jungle Boy being the most like white meat, good guy, baby face and Darby being the more shades of gray, willing to do what he has to do kind of baby face. And those two playing off each other with the finish, I think it really, really helped with Jungle Boy hitting his running forearm to the back of Sammy Guevara, and then Darby Allen coming off the top with the coffin drop, which could have sandwiched Jungle Boy in the middle just because he didn't care. He knew he was going to get the win, and <laughs> if he did some damage yeah, yeah. to his would-be opponent, that's fine with him. I love that little just sprinkle of detail in there amongst all the other ones. But, yeah, it's very obvious that the star of this program is MJF. That's not exactly a newsflash <laughs> at this point. He's the champion. He's getting the most TV time and everything. But, oh, my God, they were pulling out like every heel trick in the book in this match and playing it to perfection to the (laughs) point that I was actually starting to get pissed off at Bryce Remsburg for like not catching them doing the thing and then he did catch them only to have it then get turned around with the scarf and having Darby choking out Sammy and then MJF and MJF selling it massive. He's just such a great heel that will still bump when it's his time to bump. I can't say enough good things about this match. That's the important thing for Max is
1: he is so good on the mic he's so good on the ring in the ring but he knows when to take his receipts yeah. and he loves taking them i think like he wants to build himself up as a good heel should to made to be made to look bad mm-hmm. like look at that wardlow match yeah he, that was a squash match that's the the worst you can look that's really damaging to your credibility Quite behind the scenes things sort sure of maybe change that but yeah and that was the uh they, ca- I love this spot, and Luke loves it as well. But the abdominal stretch, yeah. and the tag team partner grips hold of the arm and they yanks it. And Bryce is like, once I thought I saw something, twice I'm pretty sure something's going on there. Third time, Max is sit like squatting <laughs> on the ring apron, <laughs> pulling back on Sammy's arm as much as he can. Bryce kicks the arm out. Max falls back. Just yeah, buffoonery. Yeah, joyous buffoonery.
2: It- again. He is a perfect foil. Mm. And you might see some people and it's very funny that he compares himself to like the the Triple H Reign of Terror, like mm-hmm. that's all obviously a nod to that whenever he calls his reign that. But people didn't like that reign from Triple H because he was never the foil. He yeah, never got yeah, yeah. his. But MJF is so good when he does get that moment to show his ass and be a mm-hmm. be a buffoon. It's so wonderfully done, and I think it is done just often enough that it doesn't hurt his credibility as this main event world championship level heel, but also still reminds you often enough that he's great at it. Uh, Back to the finish,
1: which you've already brought up. It was was so well done because you're looking at this heel tag team who have worked perfectly together, and you know it's coming, you know it's coming. They're going to turn on each other mjf starts to go for the cover no sammy wants the pin No, mjf wants the pin mjf slaps him sammy super kicks him which max sold by just going underneath the turnbuckle and like drapes like he's one of those video game characters where the physics <laughs> has gone wrong
2: he glitched through the bottom yeah. row
1: and and you're like okay well you know this the turn is over here the, mm-hmm. the, will they coexist has happened here which is a wonderful misdirect because you're like, Jungle Boy, okay, you're on top. You're going to get the pin now. You're going to pin Sammy. Sure. Blind tag to
2: Darby. Mm-hmm. And then Darby gets the win. And you're like, this is a proper four way feud. Yeah. And it hadn't really necessarily felt like that. And I had been, the last few weeks, like now looking back on it, hindsight being 2020, I think they've done a pretty good job of setting up this feud, this match at double or nothing with still several weeks to go before we get to the actual match, where now all three, all three, maybe four guys, can win another match on television, re- maybe cut another promo on mm-hmm. television, and really all look strong heading into the match. And I was wondering which way I would do it differently to set up a match yeah. like that and justify everyone being put in a match. Because you don't see AEW just sign a four-way or a three-way or anything <laughs> like that without some sort of justification for it. And it is a lot more difficult if you lock yourself into AEW's way of thinking to just book this match, Mm. because it did just kind of feel like we were organically heading that way before they did the little tournament thing. But honestly, the way that it's gone and giving us Sammy and MJF, I think they've done a pretty good job of setting up this main event. Whether they've made everybody look like as big a star as possible, because I do think some of the segments they've done has kind of exposed Mm. Jungle Boy in particular on the mic, but everyone else is not being as big a star as MJF. In terms of just the mechanical booking of it, I think they've done a pretty good job. I think they're aware of that
1: because
2: they give jungle boy the most i know he didn't
1: get the pin here but the focus was on jungle boy not getting the pin it was jungle boy that max went up to backstage and made the offer and yet granted he did say look you're never going to be world champion but i'm offering you a seat beside the throne but that's because you're telling the audience this is the guy this is the guy Mm -hmm. Uh, i i don't fully see it yet but i admire them I, i mean at the end of the day this whole exercise is getting three of the original young stars into a main event of a pay-per-view. And it feels totally natural and it will elevate them and it will do wonders for them. While balancing the rest of your big stars in a big all-the-stars feud with BCC versus Elite. Mm -hmm. So I think this is very, very smart booking.
2: I think so. For for a sort of
1: holistic approach to the company.
2: I think it is still worth knowing that like, MJF is not the standard of young wrestlers. He is like, he's well above the standard. He is the exception. He's not the rule. Like, nobody at that age is as good as he is at this level world championship promos, the whole package. Very few of them, anyway. And because Jungle Boy is still like, you know, I think he's like my age, maybe like 26, mm-hmm. he's still got time. Yeah, Maybe he never ends up being like the great promo or the all-around character that you need to be to be the top guy of a promotion like this. But who's to say he doesn't get there when he's like 32? Mm-hmm. Six years down the line is when he finally gets it. You know, N- Rick Flair w- didn't w- win his first championship till he was like 36, mm-hmm. you know? So like, He's still got a long way to go, but he still has enough road ahead of him to get there. So I think having a, a spotlight put on him in a segment like this, in a match like this, in a pay-per-view cycle like this, to just give everybody the thought that like, yeah, maybe not right now, but one day, I think is going to you know, justify all of the segments that maybe didn't hit a home run yeah. at, at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one
1: last thing before we move on to your... Omega Chats, get them in at talk.com forward slash support. There was a period when I was watching this match, this main event, and I thought, this feels like a Super Juniors level match. You know, like those, I I distinctly remember one of the Wrestle Kingdoms, it was the four-way, it was like Kushida. Hiromu, uh, Hiromu, Marty Marty, and Will Ospreay. And I was just like, this feels like what this should be. Granted, MJF is the world champion. Mm -hmm. But, and I'm not saying introduce more belts. <laughs> but I kind of want a, a junior heavyweight belt in AEW for the likes of Sammy and Darby and Jungle Boy. A specific belt that's like, you get this, and then in a couple of years you'll move up to heavyweight. As opposed to the TNT title, which is just the Wardlow belt.
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that's what the TNT belt should have been yeah it's difficult because it's a tv show and thus i think they feel almost compelled to have title changes more regularly as like things to have on tv Mm -hmm. which is what we kind of saw with like the samoa joe darby allen feud earlier this year which i thought was great yeah absolutely great but i don't see any reason why you couldn't make a tnt belt like The maybe not necessarily junior heavyweight belt, but give someone a run where Mm. for like six to eight months, that is essentially the junior heavyweight belt, you know, where you have these type of guys like the Sammy, the Darby, and that's kind of what Darby did the first time around. But maybe like just for a run, you make it sort of like an un unannounced weight limit kind of thing Mm. so you get a match of a certain style Mm. a lot more regularly and just have a way to kind of make it contrived without saying it so because i i mean i think the tnt title needs a desperate rehab and has for a long time Mm. and i think just putting it on tv every week in great matches would be a really good way to do do it that's kind of what they've done with the international title but not with that weight limit Mm. and style of match but still i think there's room for it well that's one of
1: the problems isn't it it's the they're just belts. Yeah, there's nothing distinct about the belts. Yeah. Whereas if you had, well, this is a 10, 10 minute time limit belt. Sure. Or a yeah a weight limit, or it's a, a sort of X division style. Yeah, but it isn't. It's. Well, belts. I think we're
2: it's it's different, obviously, because there's also the added uh, distinguishment uh, distinction rather uh, that. It's a trios belt, but I think that's what we're getting with the trios titles going forward now, with their own set of rules and everything. So oh, something you think that's like going to be ingrained. Interesting. At least during mm. this uh, House of Black run, maybe. But I don't see why they couldn't do something like that. Like, if for some reason, like Brian Danielson won the TNT title, yeah. just like make it a ten minute. Pure Time limit, Matt. Yeah, pure a pure rules, Matt, pretty much. And just have like every week someone step up. Uh, you get 10 minutes wonderful. with me, try and beat me. And yeah. tell me it wouldn't be the best 10 minutes on TV ever. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah.
1: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: uh well, have your thoughts send them into WrestleTalk.com dot forward slash support We'll read out every single Omega chat over 10 us five US dollars before the end of the show inflation um we've only got two so far so get them in uh BM Whitehouse 76 says the Jericho versus Eddie Kingston feud lasted for almost seven months We're a couple of weeks away from the Soraya versus Britt Baker feud. Reaching that eight-month mark, and it, much like Jade's title run as well, still feels like it's in Act One.
2: <sighs> yeah, kind of like it's—it's it's weird because Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho kind of consistently felt like that was the focus of that feud in some level. Like even when it was Anarchy in the Arena and everything, like Eddie Kingston was the one coming out with the gas can to try and set Chris <laughs> Jericho on fire. This just kind of feels like we've got the good, the baby face side of the women's roster and the heel side of the women's roster. And Britt Baker's on one side and Soraya's on the other side. But really, it's just everyone's kind of wrestling everyone else. Mm-hmm. So I don't disagree. I would like them to get to the point of of all of this. But yeah. Probably know, Wembley,
1: so. right? Soraya versus Hater, Battle of the Brits. Yeah. That's what I would do. We
2: theorize like maybe at some point Soraya wins the belt from Hater and then Hater wins it back. In Wembley. Not the worst idea. Yeah.
1: Uh, Philip says, thanks. This is going to sound like we've made up a chat, (laughs) but it's not. It's a genuine chat. Uh, Philip says, thanks for all that y'all do. Happy to catch a stream live. The book is awesome. Everyone should buy it for reals. It's good, good. Happy to see you a couple of days early, Tempest. Jam that jam. And he's put what that stands for. Do you want to say it? Jeff that Jarrett. (laughs) Jeff Jarrett
2: was funny on this show. He was good, wasn't he? Yes, Um, buy the book!
1: Buy the book and maybe win a copy of the book. Send in an email to support at wrestletalk.com with the title, I want a book! And you'll be entered into a prize draw to win one of two signed copies
2: of WWE versus AEW. The New War! Most controversial wrestling book of the year. Who said that? This guy. And he wrote the forward, so and he I wrote would know. the
1: forward. Uh, closing for that is tomorrow at midnight, GMT. So May 5th, midnight. GMT. Right, let's go on to the rest of the show, which began as always. With an Orange Cassidy match. So we had Orange Cassidy. I called them the disputed era. <laughs> Adam Cole, Roderick Strong,
2: Bandido, and Orange Cassidy, which was surprisingly organically set up last week. Yeah. Which is strange because, I mean, Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy tried to kill each other last year, you know, which is not that long ago. But and, it all just still kind of works. Yeah. And Chucka Bandido and McCassidy. I'm like,
1: how is this it looks so easy yeah um and they took on the jas of garcia hager and 2.0 um chris jericho was out on commentary had the brit baker not domestic violence Mm t-shirt and really good match just everyone the cole all the way through was like i hate jericho and he even ran up the ramp at one point to brawl with him i was like i like that
2: yeah I like that character element because you do, at some points when it's not outlined properly in matches like this, it's like, well, why aren't you doing that from the start? Mm -hmm. You know, like that kind of mentality and that's whether, you know, why don't tag partners get involved in an ODQ match from the start? Stuff like that. But here they really showed like, no, he's going for him and he kept Mm -hmm. being dragged back down to the ring by the JAS and it was just a really good little touch. I think every wrestling tv show should start with like a six or an eight-man tag yeah yeah such a hot way to start it's it. just such a fun way to start every show
1: it's one of the most new japans you've ever said new japan things you've ever said yeah they should also close with a a six-man tag
2: i'm not gonna say they shouldn't <laughs> Ab- like uh, they're always good they're always fun you can have so many guys on tv you can have so many different storyline yeah. threads being tied through at all points i found it interesting uh, who got well No, never mind. That was in your fall. I just confused myself. I was going to say, I can't believe Orange Cassidy got the pin in this match. And then I remembered (laughs) that Daniel Garcia kicked out of that move. Well, Roddy
1: was the setup man for the pin. Cole got the win. Uh, I love Roderick Strong. I am so happy he's free. I I always have done. Like the back, Just I remember just falling in love with him. Back in 2010, before it was cool, of just all these backbreakers that he would hit. I'd be like, why isn't this guy on everything? Mm -hmm. And I read a comment, I think it was on Reddit today, who just said, Roderick Strong is our Dean Malenko and we should all appreciate him more. Wow. And I thought, I know what he means. It's like the booties. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more the look uh, and that sort of really solid, not that flashy technical wrestler.
2: Yeah. Oh, imagine seeing Dean Malenko wrestle Roderick oh Strong. Man. I I'm so happy that he and I'm so happy he got a pop when he came out. Like it felt like the people were really excited and happy to see Roderick Strong in a match in AEW. Maybe it has something to do with like the fact that we never really got the run of the Undisputed Era in AEW that we kind of wanted last year. And now people are seeing that together a little bit more and their baby faces. Mm. You can cheer for them. And he's just great. <laughs> I don't know if you saw last week when he debuted, but uh, Joe Holbert uh, on a podcast. I can't remember which one it is, so I apologize. He waited his turn and he just went, OK, listen, and spoke for like a minute uninterrupted about the greatness of Roddy Strong. Yeah, yeah. And i it had me dying <laughs> and had me a roderick strong fan like hell yeah we're gonna see something out of this run roderick strong versus brian danielson when i'm so excited to see this guy especially if it means getting more trios or four or eight man tags or anything like that even more if they involve bandito who's also great and adam cole who's great yeah, and orange Cassidy yeah. who's great well it's i a good time. i
1: hope you're prepared for him to go to ring of honor um Jungle Boy and Derby were backstage. They said, Oh no, sorry, there was a bit more angle there. I just wanted to cut you off for the, the
2: crushing. He'll win a title in Ring of Honor. You and know what? I, I like Ring of Honor. I've been watching Ring of Honor. He'll yeah. oh, be yeah, good I on that too. show. Yeah. 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 Roderick Strong versus Claudio. When.
1: Um, so at the end, Cole won the match. He runs up the ramp. He goes for Jericho, tears the curtain that hangs behind the commentary. Go to break, come back. They're still well, they're not brawling, they're being pulled away. Cole is being dragged off by security outside the arena and Jericho's mouthing off him. Britt Baker walks up, slaps him. Jericho takes a bump. Nice bit of comeuppance. I think this will probably build to a you're suspended or you'll find Adam Cole bit. Just the way he was being dragged off.
2: I, I think uh, maybe something like that or like uh, you'll get a match with Chris Jericho, but if you lay a finger on him before the pay-per-view, then the match yeah. is off kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Which that that's probably the better route to go down, considering how Cole was running for him at every opportunity. Yeah. It can make that quite tense. Uh, Jungle Boy and Darby Allen backstage said they're going to main event the pay per view. Uh, then we got the Jericho and Cole stuff. Then the Blackpool Combat Club did a promo. <laughs> Brian Danielson, you wound me. I thought of you when he started this. He said Bret Hart had a bad catchphrase. Just, st- that's
2: heat, brother. That's real
1: heat. It's crazy how like Christian can say, your dad's dead or MJF yeah. can say, your mum's addicted to drugs. And I'm like, oh, that's naughty. And then Brian Danielson says, Bret Hart had a bad catchphrase. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh my God, he went there.
2: <laughs> how dare
1: you, sir? Yeah, so he's, but it was a nice, um it was a nice sort of thesis behind it, which was, best there was best there is the best there ever will be if you really loved wrestling you would not say that last part because i want the next wrestler to be better than me that's what Blackpool combat club is all about we want to progress wrestling as a form that's why this little s word here wheeler yuta which i love that's his affectionate nickname i want him to be better than me i just i love i love it when villains have this motivation that they're doing it to make the other person better. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what we were going to get with Don and Kenny. And maybe we still will. You know, I want the old Kenny back. So I've orchestrated all these feuds for you to go in to, to give me the... I New think, I think Prime we Prime might Kenny.
2: get there. Mm. I think we might get there. Like Don Cal is pulling the strings of all of this. I don't think is by far... Like, I don't think it's even close to being settled at this point, I think there's a lot more to go for that, but man, this promo from Danielson to lead into John Moxley's promo about his cage match next week with Kenny Omega. But Was that announced before, or did they just drop it then? I, it was announced. I, I'd known about this before this show started. That caught me by surprise. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> they have a very good track record in AEW yeah. cage matches. And a maker of Mox matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a lot of the same vibe from this promo that I got from the promo that they did last year in the in the backstage in the pre-recorded vignette style where William Regal was talking about like if you give a man a knife he'll stab you mm. and leave you wounded but if you give us a knife then we'll catch you down the cheek because then you'll look in the mirror and see a scar left mm. by the Blackpool Combat Club and that's what we're about like that kind of like quiet but vicious intent I thought this was fantastic. That's a very interesting line to bring up,
1: considering what Don Callis said later. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not accidental. We'll get on to that. Soraya then
2: took on Willow Nightingale. Love Willow Nightingale. She's the one, I'm telling y'all. The one for TBS title? Just the one in general. Mm. She's the next baby's face star in the women's division here. Baby's face. (laughs) Baby's face. Soraya in a
1: singles match. Mm -hmm. Not a smoke and mirrors, though, because we have Ruby Soho and Tony Storm out there doing interference at every available opportunity. Willow got a bit uh, a great, a weird pounce, might I say, where she just sort of lawn darted herself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think at Tony Storm. It looked awesome. I thought it looked awesome. Yeah. But also a bit funny.
2: It, it was definitely both of those things. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then, of course, the distraction was enough for Soraya to beat. Willow, they're beating her up after they're getting out the green spray paint. <gasps> but whose music is that? You might have forgotten because they drop her from TV so often for extended periods of time for no reason. It's Sheeda, my favorite women's wrestler in mm-hmm. AEW. She comes down and she's got the spray paint. And it looks like she's going to beat them up. But she hugs Soraya. And I'm not kidding at that point. I just started typing. This makes no sense. <laughs> the outcasts are meant to be... You know, my notes for the review. The outcasts are meant to be XWWE people. This is ridiculous. And then it was a ruse. Yeah, Hater and Baker showed up from behind the outcasts. <clears throat> Baby
2: faces beat them up and stood tall. I had a few thoughts about this one. Mm. And I had... Again, similar thoughts to you about this not making sense before it then did. I had a bit of a problem with this staging of this angle, okay. like at the at the end bit where uh, Hader and Baker got into the ring afterwards, but then just kind of stood there and let Hikaru Shida beat everybody up. But mm-hmm. it led to a lot of just multiple people all kind of standing around at the same time. And doing angles is like the third the third of three important pillars of being a wrestler in mm-hmm. terms of like actually what goes on in the ring, whether it's promos, matches, or just doing angles. And having the, the mental awareness, the spatial awareness to really make sure that everybody is doing something realistic at all times is like really important. And I felt like this, this angle was kind of mm-hmm. lacking that. Yeah, And it was just something that took me out of it for a moment I think I've seen a lot of angles involving this crew that have all been very samey. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching this and like listening to you recap the, the segment and I was like, you know what would also maybe be cool is like, if at this point we did get like, okay, here is the AEW section of this. Here is the Outcasts former WWE section. Why don't at this point we just get like a Joshi section to be like, no, 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 oh, okay. you guys are all just warring amongst each other. We'll show you what real women's wrestling is, and just go in there and that's kick cool. some ass. Something Shida, like that. Rio. Yeah.
1: Sakura. Yeah, yeah. The the JWO. Sure. The um, I I think that's a really nice idea because I I I don't mind this. Uh, my thing that took me out of the staging was I was like, because I like Willow so much. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, where's Willow? Right. And then, but what happened? She Thanosed away as soon as Shida showed up. And then they're celebrating on the ramp, and it's Baker, Hater, and Sheeda. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, surely Willow should be yeah. with them. They saved her. Yeah. Uh, but she was just disappeared. And it's it's been like five months, this story, and Sky Blue, mm-hmm. Rio. Uh Willow Nightingale, just beat and beat and beat, but it's all like but Baker and hater are the stars. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a misalignment there, and I think what you're talking about would fix that because yes. I keep thinking and it really frustrates me in the actual match. why are you baby faces coming down for this alone? yeah there's you've gone past the point where I have sympathy for you now because it it's happened every week mm-hmm. you need backup, yeah. and you have friends, I've seen them come out and save you because again we have the same segment every week so then you go oh, okay you there's enough baby faces to just get rid of the outcasts i've seen them yeah. there's six you're always talking about the numbers game excalibur but i know the, your maths are wrong
2: yeah so if you split them up into a 3 3 3 yeah I think it would help keep the matches a little bit fresher too because yeah. it wouldn't just be like the three outcasts beating the same two or three of the the non Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, mm. AEW women. And you really don't have that many of the outcasts that are able to be beaten by like Jamie Hayter. Like they'll do a match and they'll have Ruby, uh, Ruby Soho get beat by Jamie Hayter, for example. But – there's not enough variance in the matches to keep it interesting. And if you involve a third trio, a third faction of people just to have a little bit more, mm. you know, cross promotion of different matches from different factions, I think it would just help to keep things interesting. Well, Will Washington has been announced as all in. Woo! As behind the scenes. Former Quizzle Mania champion yeah, yeah. Will Washington signed with AEW. He's uh he's a big Sheeta fan, from mm-hmm. what I understand. First show he's around Sheeta Returns.
1: <laughs> Maybe just if he's watching, more Pitch that. Pitch that. More Give her a faction.
2: Yeah. Make her important.
1: Uh, after that, we had the Tres de Mayo Trios Battle Royal, 3rd of May Trios Battle Royal, to translate that for you. I know you're. You. It's more culturally appropriation than if you actually know the language, isn't it? It's Spanish. Uh, And House of Black had a pre-recorded promo beforehand. I've (laughs) written it. Oh, my God, I forgot about these guys. Were they... Because they've not been around for a month.
2: Yeah. I thought giving them some belts would make them appear on TV a little more often. That's the mistake you made. They're not the elite. Yeah.
1: So they cut a promo before this battle royal where they outlined an open house match which i love as a title considering their name where it was 20 second count outs mm-hmm. new japan tick yep. big new japan tick there no rope escapes and disqualify- disqualifications will be enforced for a specific rule of the opponent's choosing
2: very interesting mm. i i am intrigued i'm willing to give it a chance I think there is every possibility that it becomes confusing if it's not outlined properly on a week-to-week basis. But I, anything that's going to get the House of Black on TV more, I am all for. So 20-second countouts, no rope escapes. Easy. Mm-hmm. I like
1: a, I get that. The thing that we'll need to explain in every week is the DQs for a specific rule. So this is of the opponent's choosing. Mm-hmm. So this isn't the House of Black. They're essentially saying... Come and try and take away one of our main things. I think the first one will probably be No Mist. Yeah, I was going to say No Mist. Uh, And we'll still beat you. Yeah. Which doesn't... I like the open house... Oh, no, I'm thinking of house rules. Open That does make sense. Yeah,
2: house rules is our show. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) and apparently AEW's live events (laughs) (laughs) business. But, uh, yeah, I think that's quite a nice way to chip away at the House of Black's sort of superpowers.
2: Yeah. I think so. I, I really like the presentation of House of Blacks mm. since their return to TV. And again, anything that's going to get them on TV more just in matches regularly is going to make me happy. I think it'll be interesting to see how, like what kind of stories they tell mm. if the, the gimmick of this is let's take away the house of black's weapons and you get to see like how versatile they are as a trio because that to me has always been their greatest strength like the differ Mm. the difference in their abilities and their their different styles and everything if they can rely more on that in these matches because of what's being taken away from them i i am very excited i've got two rules uh that i reckon would be really effective against them can't do any
1: Kenny Omega moveset. Uh-huh. So that eliminates Buddy, Buddy Matthews. Buddy just can't tag in. And also can't wear black. That will Ooh. throw them so much if they have to
2: dress colorfully. Can you imagine? The house of... If they all came out in white one yeah, day. Or just rainbow colors. Yeah.
1: Well, we could have a stipulation like that, I reckon, because their first opponents will... Well, this wasn't to crown a first opponent, was it? i and think it's what, unofficially just make it official give yeah. this match some stakes the the following trios battle royal was won by the acclaimed and daddy ass as you i think i would have gone for lucha bros and vikingo just yeah. for the insanity of what that match would have been
2: mm-hmm. i think so uh,
1: where is pack Is he having visa issues? That usually seems to be the way, but surely he's (laughs) worked in America enough now. Yeah. Like, Hater was off
2: TV for a couple of weeks because of that, I think, reportedly. Yeah. I don't know. I I did find that interesting. I think this this trio's match was lacking a little bit of star power. Yeah, I'd agree. You know? And I was watching some of the teams come down to the ring, and I just went, oh, God, what's happened here? (laughs) Like, just... You know, Powerhouse Hobbs is just now one of three guys and mixed in with QT Marshall and Aaron Solo, and that depresses me. And, like, the last time I was on this show, we talked about... What happens if Will Hobbs and QT Marshall is just the new pairing? And it is. And I think it sucks. <laughs> you know, but the other stars in this Trios division just weren't in this match because the Elite are otherwise occupied. The Blackpool Combat Club's otherwise occupied. Jericho and his trio isn't doing this right now. And Team TNA. Team TNA is doing something else. So all of a sudden, the remaining teams are just like groups like that. And Basti athletes, Butcher
1: Blade, and Kip Sabian, yeah. you know. People people who are really good, but yeah. they're not
2: presented as stars. Those the are the perfect title opponents for like a main event of Rampage, mm-hmm. where you just go out there and you have a great four-star title defense against someone you have no faith is going to beat the champs. But having a bunch of them competing in a match yeah. to determine the number one contender just leaves the match feeling a little hollow. Well, Lucha Bros and Makingo, I'd say, have
1: the star power, but yes. that's kind of like legacy star power, just because they haven't done anything recently. I, of all the names, uh, it was the Dark Order that I felt most up, sort of upset about, really, mm-hmm. because it was only a month ago that Evil Uno was bleeding all over the canvas for the company and the story, and you had John Silver get rehired. Not John Silver, sorry.
2: Uh, Stu Grayson. Stu
1: Grayson get rehired. And I just thought, oh, okay, well, D-, Luke was even saying Dark Order are going to be involved in the eventual Blackpool Combat Club elite payoff match
2: which was was ridiculous maybe when hangman comes back but every time i say this i feel like the chump that keeps wanting to get the dark order on tv more i know but here like reynolds was first out yeah ben
1: Valuno fell out a bit later john silver was final seven i think something
2: like that Uh,
1: but yeah came down to butcher blade and kip sabian versus i think just Bowens and Daddy Ass. Yeah. I thought Daddy Ass and Bowens were terrific together mm-hmm. with their timing. Bowens is so good hanging onto the rope with one hand. I think it was Taz who said, well, the reason he can grip that is because of all the scissoring. Yep. Pause. <laughs> uh yeah. And they won. So they'll face House of Black. Weird feud. Weird feud, but I bet it'll be a good match is going to have to be careful with how he does the raps because you don't want to undermine the House of Black's coolness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So roasting them, like how, I don't see how you have them walking down the ramp,
2: roasting Brody King. Right. Brody King would just break you in half.
1: Yeah. Um, then we got a Sammy and Max segment where they all, you know, hugged and stuff, very funny. But didn't smooch. Then, <laughs> then we got the Don and Kenny Omega reply promo from the Blackpool Combat Club one from earlier. Don said that he thinks about mocks every day because when he looks in the mirror, he sees this and he's got
2: this scar from that awful gash. Shout out to happened. the Ricky Steamboat promo leading into WrestleMania 3. Or not WrestleMania 3, oh. it's the, the Jake Roberts uh, Ricky Steamboat. Promo and everything where Jake Roberts DDT him into the concrete Mm. and he had a huge nod on his head And he just cut a promo. It's like every day I wake up and I look in the mirror Uh. and I remember what you've done to me I got
1: big flashbacks to that, but of course you mentioned the regal promo earlier
2: Yes, where you leave a scar and that's how the Blackpool Combat Club operates Mm. now obviously they didn't mean to split Don Callis' skull open. That was an accident. But reactive it, booking. Yeah, exactly. In terms of reactive booking, I thought this was another fantastic promo. Kenny, very serious,
1: down, you know, he's just saying, look, I'm going to, in a straight wrestling match, i would beat you, Mox. Every, everyone knows that, but you bring a cage into it, I don't know what's going to happen. And Callis said, my brain and Omega's wrestling will beat anyone, greater than Mox's fists
2: and very like an, another excellent detail because it's always my favorite bits of the elite storytelling. It's just like the little details that you can notice where G- Kenny Omega goes through the list, it's just like you've taken out the Bucks, you took out me, you took out Dawn, you took out Takeshta. end of list. Mm, Doesn't yeah, mention yeah. you took out Hangman. Yeah, Love it, absolutely <laughs> love it.
1: Wardlow squashed an enhancement talent called Logan LaRue next with three power bombs. Then he got on the mic and called out Christian and Luchasaurus, who have been coming out and teasing, saying something for about two weeks now. He says, look, let's do this now in Baltimore. Open challenge. And Christian and Luchasaurus come out. And I've always thought, well, it's obviously Luchasaurus, Wardlow. So I was swerved hard when Christian said, the shot isn't for this guy. It's for me. I thought that was brilliant.
2: I, I I agree, but I have been going like, Christian, 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 <laughs> Christian. Because like, and maybe it's another title switch too soon and maybe they wouldn't do it, but like if they do Wardlow versus Christian for the TNT title at Double or Nothing, I am praying to the gods that Christian wins that match. Because <laughs> yeah. since he lost to Kenny Omega at All Out, he's had like maybe five singles matches. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Christian (laughs) wrestling on TV more regularly. And if he's the TNT champion, I think there's a better chance that we see that. I think he would be a perfect guy to just go out there and have excellent matches every single week. Because I think the TNT title really does benefit from having a heel champion like that that can potentially lose to these different people Mm -hmm. because – How many low-card heels are there that are going to make for an exciting match against Wardlow on TV for the TNT title? I don't think there's that many of them because you expect the guy to win. Mm -hmm. But if it's the other way around and you have a heel champion who's kind of like Christian Cage and you have a bunch of different people that you're hoping are going to beat him, that just makes all the title matches on TV that much more exciting and I just want to see Christian Russell more. It's part of his gimmick, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah. He does not. I think even if he was champion, he'd take the MJF route of, well, you guys have got to jump through a load of hoops before you get to this guy. Yeah, but I can hope. Uh, good stuff, though. But it wasn't as good as what came next. I'm both sad that Luke isn't here to review this, mm-hmm. but also happy that you are, because <laughs> I expect um, Humble Pie to be eaten, mm-hmm. and for you to acknowledge... The unironic greatness of Jeff Jarrett in 2023. Yeah, we'll get on with it then. Are you not gonna? You're not gonna acknowledge Jeff?
2: <sighs> acknowledge Jeff. Listen, <laughs> broken clock is right twice a day. Jeff Jarrett oh, can have a few good, ma- good. Oh, matches, he's been right segments. quite a lot this year, though, hasn't he? This was a fun segment. <laughs> I gotta say, this group—if this group went to to Mark Briscoe's farm every week and just did gimmick. Gimmick vignettes like this, I could get on board very quickly.
1: Yeah. If this isn't all alre- if you haven't already block filmed five more episodes and the build-up's double or nothing, go back there right now and film some more chapters. Training vignettes, carrying giant bits of hay. Ah, oh, more more guitar playing to mm-hmm. a baby. So what this was was a pre-taped earlier today kind of segment where team tna you know Dutt, Jay D- lethal jeff jarrett satnam singh visited sandy fort delaware to visit mark briscoe mark briscoe opens the door and he's looked like quite a grand house inside
2: i mean they've been wrestling a long time yeah. i reckon i reckon uh, roh paid them handsomely
1: and i just remember seeing the chicken farms back in those old roh promos from back in the day and papa briscoe and they're all all of Team TNA are wearing dungarees. Yeah. So like disrespectful and patronizing. But Mark played along with her. Oh, you want to work on the farm then? Let's go to work. And it's a montage of just them, you know, driving tractors, trying to fill up trailers, shoveling manure, yeah, yeah, chasing chickens. Sort of chicken. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, I thought they were going down the route of, Oh, it's way harder than Team TNA thought because of mm-hmm. course Team TNA are just there to get into Mark Briscoe's good books. Sure. But then they start they start seemingly bonding, they're actually they've just have like a, a real time. they've
2: got a Kumbaya <laughs> moment where they're all just sitting around on the porch after they're done working.
1: it, it was so it was so sweet
2: unexpectedly.
1: Yeah, they're on the porch and then pff, music cuts. Oh no, who's this guy walking up? It's Papa Briscoe. And Papa Briscoe warns Mark of that could be wary of that guy in overalls. And Mark's like, which one? Because <laughs> they're all wearing overalls.
2: Both of them! Uh, I think my favorite bit is like, Mark answers the door holding his kid, and there's like, oh, you want to go to work? And just hands the baby yeah. off the set and I'm saying...
1: It was... It was so good. And at the end, Jay Lethal turns to the camera. (coughs) Oh, we should probably mention Jeff was going to sing. What's his Come With Me Tonight, Baby? Something like that. His old 90s song. He was going to sing it to a baby. Um, But Lethal goes right into the camera, calls out FTR for a tag title shot at Double or Nothing. And then Team TNA's heel idea was exposed when Sanjay was like, and you've beaten FTR, once last year? Yeah, FTR won the overall trilogy. Yeah. I think. Correct us if we're wrong. Um, so tell us how you did it. And then they all walk off screen.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh yeah, because the Briscoes, uh, the Briscoe's won the last match, the dog collar match. But ah. FTR won the first two. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I just thought this was this was an
2: excellent segment.
1: It's taken something I was like, oh. What, having Team TNA as FDR's first pay-per-view title feud? From here to actually, like... Well, not not up here, but certainly, <laughs> certainly
2: here. Certainly higher than it was. <laughs> Listen, I don't particularly care to see a Dynamite card filled up with Team TNA matches. You can fill up a show with three-minute excellent vignettes of them on a farm. That is classic pro wrestling to me.
1: Yeah, because I, I said in my review, you don't always need... Big long storylines or or backstage shoot things to fuel stories. Some some of my favorite childhood wrestling memories were feuds built on silly backstage skits mm-hmm. or on location, like five episode long running gag bits. I I can't remember any off the top of my head now. Though. <laughs> Obviously, there's the hardcore title stuff, but that's different. Yeah, um, the bar stuff with APA.
2: Mm-hmm. Can you remember any? It was like uh, Steve Austin and Booker Kurt. T's uh, oh, yeah, their supermarket the... brawl. Oh, was
1: that a one-off?
2: I feel like, I mean, it was during the invasion. I'm sure they had a match after, yeah. you know. Anyway,
1: this was really, really good. I, I don't know if this is the case, but this felt very Sanjay Dutt, the way yeah. this was all done. Uh, guy's very, very smart. Oh, unfortunately, probably the least best thing on the show next. Not terrible. Just, like, disappointing. Yeah, maybe. We had had Juice Robinson take on Ricky Starks. Juice Robinson came out. Jay White, very smartly, did not come down to the ring because he knew Juice was losing. (laughs) And they had a fine match, and then uh, Starks won clean. Jay Jay jumped him afterwards, but then Ricky got one up on him, and Juice saved J, which meant bullet club gold two people were cowering away from ricky starks
2: yeah it's uh it's tough this one i think you described it with the perfect word it was fine and it to me at this point is just disappointing a little bit because we saw ricky starks in his promo against mjf and his match against mjf And it felt like after a long period of having plateaued, he shot up significantly on the card and presentation and star power and response from the audience. And since then, it was like still kind of upward trajectory a little bit. And then halfway through that Jericho feud, it just leveled off and he has plateaued once again. And this, he's still popular. He's still like more of a star than he was before the, the MJF thing. But it just feels like we're treading water mm. with this just a smack dab in the middle of the card feud. And, yeah, I'm sure he's going to have a match at the pay-per-view with Jay White. And I'm sure it'll be good. But I don't really care. I just don't know what I'm supposed to care about here. Like, this all started because Juice Robinson, like, attacked Ricky from behind. And now he's beating him.
1: Yeah, why are they feuding?
2: I have no idea, really. Like, they don't really have history together
1: Mm. yeah there's there's the ricky stuff which is definitely off the boil i can remember the moment it happened by the way it was that promo on on like a mid-january episode of dynamite and it was the one that it was like a segment that did not need to be on that show Mm. i think one of the best of seven series felt really short as the main event and we're all like why did they have this here instead of a longer match and ricky starks made fun of hager's lisp in a Mm -hmm. promo do you remember it yeah and it was like just that moment, I thought, huh, I'm no longer into you. <laughs> how, how strange that is. Yeah. Uh, but with, I mean, I've, I've been saying it for weeks now. This is what you have for Jay White?
2: Yeah. I was willing to give it a chance for like a couple <laughs> weeks because like, you know, some people weren't happy with like, you know, Comadero was like his first opponent. It was like, oh, it's such a cold match and and whatever. But... I was like, okay, it's the first couple of weeks. I'll give it a shot. That match was good. But, yeah, it does kind of feel like Jay White has arrived in AEW. And a year ago, Jay White showing up for the first time mm. with the heavyweight belt of the IWGP yeah, heavyweight yeah, championship. Yeah. It was like, this is a immediate, top-of-the-card, main-event-level guy. And he's shown up, and it feels like another mid-carder has arrived. Mm. And maybe we need to get through this first bit to really get to Jay White and everything. But... Bullet Club Gold just feels like a mid card yeah. act right now. Uh, it's a little worrisome. It just <laughs> this felt like just such a cold match. The people weren't into it, and people were into everything Ricky Starks did just a few months ago. Yeah, I feel like if they should have just hit pause on bringing JY in
1: until they had someone or, or better creative for him to go
2: immediately into. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that would be, but yeah, difficult. I'm not the booker uh, text will wash <laughs>
1: <laughs> after Sheeda. yeah I'll say after that we got a promo for well not yeah, it was a promo for the firm deletion match on Rampage, and despite everything I've said about Jeff Hardy and not really being comfortable with him being around, I cannot wait for that because i i love the
2: deletion matches hmm. You know what? This is exactly what I would hope for, for out of the firm. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect use of them. Just a bunch of comedy geeks that can all get beat and in Ethan a deletion. And Ethan I, Page! Why do I always do that? Survival series oh. strikes Ethan again. Page. Ethan Page. <laughs> you said Ethan Page meaning Ethan Carter I know, the last I know, time. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, Stokely Hathaway fits perfectly with yeah. a deletion match. I'm very excited.
1: Um, The... Yeah, so overall I gave it 80%, which is 4 out
2: of 5. Yeah. Yeah, it was held, again, these uh, these re- podcast reviews always kind of hurt a little bit when you talk about the main event, which I liked, and the opening, which I liked, and those are the first two things you talk about on the show, and then it's the middle where I'm just like, yeah, so... Yeah. I come away from it feeling like, huh, did I like the show? It's like, no, I really did. And the opening and the ending were the best parts, which are the parts that should be the best. So I'd probably say maybe a little less than that, like a 75%, something like that. That's cool.
1: Before we get into our remaining omega chats, last call for those, although just having a little look. It it seems like we've had a few payment issues cuz Ollie set up the stream today. So maybe we'll, maybe there's a bit of a a block on chats. But, Interesting. but keep trying. Uh, but we will say thank you to our wonderful pledge hammers on Patreon. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That button doesn't work.
2: The Soul Survivor 1993. Yeah. A tall, handsome guy who has goals in life, Delonte Blaine. Yeah. Golden man with the golden
1: curls, Alexander Milo Shasky. Yeah. A hundred
2: dollar man, C.D. Horver. Yeah. The Kessel Run, DX Solo. Yeah. Double L, Liam Leonard. Yeah. Whirlipede Gang. Mad Mac, the meat father. Yeah. Happy birthday for last week. Have an RG Bargy, Margie Pargy. Yeah. Ryan Disco Stewart. Yeah. Thomas, the prize hooker, Solarz- Solarzano. Yeah. The final judgment, tasteless nobody. Yeah. And the machine gun, Alex Anderson. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you ever so much. Please do go over to
2: Patreon and sign up there. We've got
1: quite a few fun things on the way, hopefully.
2: Yes, early access to... Uh, uh, a, a new How Adam Would book every single month over on Parts Fun Known, as well as the extended cut of a brand new survival series coming tomorrow afternoon.
1: Oh, it's a, and there's an unedited version on Patreon. There is oh an uncut version where I can watch all of the flubs and see how much people don't know.
2: There's so many flubs. <laughs>
1: Um, Oh, maybe it's a Streamlabs issue then. Streamlabs hasn't been letting people send Ultra Chats. Thanks, Streamlabs. So we're very sorry about that. Let's see if any more came through. Oh, we've got a few more. Um, I'm Just Marcus says, a wild tempest has appeared. I'm getting less interested in Wardlow by the week. I kind of want Christian or Luchasaurus to beat him for the belt so I can
2: find out who Arn Anderson is going to kill next. I thoroughly (sighs) agree. I am quite ready for Wardlow to have a story attached mm-hmm. to him aiton says they should do the karate kid bit with brisco training team tna to
1: beat ftr by making them do farm work
2: <laughs> jacket off
1: jacket on or, or you could do the uh, montage from rocky 4 but chase the chicken haven't seen rocky
2: just like your you hero. Get,
1: yeah,
2: I got I get get, it. I got it. it. <laughs> I got it. Did
1: nothing wrong. Dex Baker. I was so worked by the Sheeda turn that I was already picturing punk Shida in green to cope with the bad booking. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad every. that was a genuine swerve. But it wasn't a swerve where I was like, no, Sheeda, no.
2: I was like, this stupid company. Yeah. Is that what you want from a swerve? I guess. As long as at the end of the day, you're <laughs> left being like, oh, no, it does make sense. Uh, Really
1: sorry, but Streamlabs hasn't recorded this person's name. Please do say in the chat, and hopefully the mods will tell us. Have you guys been watching the new ROH? Curious to hear what you all think of it. Also, I've been getting all my friends to watch AEW here and there, and they always love MJF
2: doing anything. He is truly one of the greatest. I have been watching ROH. I think it is too long... I think they could cut it down to one hour and it would be a better show. It used to be an hour. I used to love it because it was like 45 minutes back in the day. I I think two hours is too long. Mm. However, I will say there is some fantastic wrestling on that show. The Kingo just wrestled (laughs) Gringo Loco Mm. on like an episode, I think it was last week. Absolutely phenomenal match. Like some of the craziest Vikingo stuff that I've seen in a match from him. And that says something. Mm. But yeah, it's a it's it's basically like their version of NXT, where it's not the most exciting show every week, but it's in an intimate setting with consistent, mm. good, smart booking and really solid matches. I I mean, I, I think I said this two years ago. That's what AEW
1: should do. They should buy ROH, make it their NXT. And hopefully with the news today that reportedly Dark and Dark Elevation are kind of getting, but on again, put on yeah. at least hiatus, that will feel more
2: clear. I think so, because I think a lot more of the people who are getting their shots on AEW Dark are now going to be getting their shots on ROH. Mm-hmm. And you can still kind of get that, not necessarily developmental feel, but kind of like a... An intimate underground feel yeah. that you got with NXT. AEW Underground. Sure. Put some strippers
1: in it. Zerif has been a member for 20 months. Thank you very much. Let me tell you something, brother. All that money is from the chickens. Yeah. It's a uh, lot yeah. of chickens. Well, I bet they've made more money from chickens than they have from wrestling. I wonder.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a legitimate business Listen, they run. Agriculture is important. <laughs> And it is lucrative.
1: Aaron Hamra, Hammenberg for 20 months as well. I got my all in tickets on Tuesday and can't wait. MJF and Sammy are so funny together. Should be a great four way. Uh, BD calling you to, oh, Brian Danielson calling you to S head is so great. Box. Eyes emoji. Yeah. Just don't open the box. I kept
2: Pete from opening the box. Thank you
1: very much. Uh, Ger- Gerard Higg. Hi lads, I know Luke said he doesn't know if you'd do a watch party for All In but one of my friends invited me to London for her birthday that week I'm from Cork and I've been thinking of maybe staying extra to go to it as they leave the day before the show Well, we're figuring out what we're doing as well We're waiting to see what the whole ticket situation is like whether we can get any comps AW, sometimes you're in the chat Support at WrestleTalk is the
2: email address be great to hear from you I want to go to the show really bad. I'm missing Forbidden Door by a week. <laughs> by a week. I need to go to a big show this year. Marc-And- Marc-Andre LeCompte.
1: Hey, guys, thanks for the content here and uh, no Rolls barred. I'm really glad that my trip to London from Montreal is at the same time as Night of Champions, No Ko and Sammy. Got my tickets for the QuizzleMania Live. I think my wife really hopes Sully will be there. I think he is. I think
2: so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe he's he's announced for the the Quizzle Well, he just shows up a lot of the time, whether we ask him to or not. Yeah, well, you can't get rid of that guy. Could you
1: just see what the the poll results are? Yes. So we can announce those before. 74%
2: up, 25% mid, 1% down.
1: Well, that's, that's a very upwardly trending show. About eighty percent, four out of five. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us here today. Sorry for any Streamlabs issues if you weren't able to send in your chats. Hopefully that will be fixed by next week. Uh, and also, please buy one of our books. Support Russell Talk. Yeah. Oh, is that the whole? Is that the whole plug? No, it's just. it sounded good. You said you said the thing. It sounded good to say that. Uh, yeah. The links in the video description below for the Amazon link. And you can also be in in for a chance of winning one of two signed copies by emailing support at wrestletalk.com with the title heading, I want a book! And we will do a prize draw, pick out two winners, but you have to email in before midnight on May the 5th, GMT. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Tempest.
2: Jam that jam. May the 4th be with you.